white slamming white claws like they're fucking nothing. This is my second. <laughs> we wrote the script. Welcome back to the second episode of Half Baked History. Woo! We made it. Woo! <laughs> We've upgraded this time. We're no longer live from a closet. We're live from a bedroom. Yes, we are. We've moved our HQ. So today, we've got some stories for you involving the occult. You see, for every solid cult, for every Manson family, the Jim Joneses, the Heaven's Gates of the world, there's some stinkers. Some that just gnarly fucking stinkers. They don't make the cut. They don't make the headlines. But that's why we're here. So I'll start us off. So my cult is known most popularly as the Carney cult, but they were self-dubbed uh, Satan's Disciples. <laughs> so right. uh, I dub us. No, I was going to say Jesus' Disciples, but that's already a thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways. I dub us Satan's Acquaintances. <laughs> Satan's we are Satan's neighbors. <laughs> so, in 1991, in DeKalb County, Indiana, so this traveling fair comes to town. Uh, with it comes five carnival carnies. Um, with them is Mark Goodwin, Jimmy Pinnock, and brothers Keith and David Lawrence, all of which are friends and are connected through shared membership of a cult, which they dubbed, again, Satan's Disciples. Uh, Satan's Disciples started as a mostly harmless and juvenile kind of club, a one-man club of Mark Goodwin. Uh, when he was 15, he started the cult and would take part in such activities as, quote, dancing wildly naked in the woods, animal sacrifice, and sex rituals. Sounds like a Friday night to me. The cult picked up steam years later when Goodwin met Keith Lawrence, who also had an early interest in Satanism and the occult. So with the addition of Keith, Jimmy Pennock and Keith's brother David soon joined and Satan's Disciples was officially off the ground. Wow. That's nice. Good for them. <laughs> I'm glad they started their cult. They're following their dreams. I like how you said uh, uh, early knowledge. Or what, what was it? Early knowledge of Satanism? Early interest. Early interest, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was entry level. <laughs> he was interning with Satan. He took Satanism 1101. What's, <laughs> what's that show about... Lucifer. Carnival and... American Horror Story. Yes. It's like that. That's what I'm imagining. It's like that. Talking about this. So I, I looked up pictures of the guys, totally normal looking dudes. Like run of the mill, early 20s, like 1991 attire. Like these dudes look harmless. So I mentioned there were five carnies. Only four were in the cult. The fifth member of the pack that was decidedly not a part of Satan's Disciples was just a regular old schmo named William Alt. So William No wonder they didn't let him into the Satan's <laughs> Disciples with a name like that. William heard rumors about his co-worker's exclusive little Satan club, and no questions asked was all in. Despite his many attempts to gain entry to the group, they denied him for reasons they just would not explain. Most likely because they just didn't like the guy. Listen, if you don't like somebody, yeah, I mean, you just don't like that person. We do that shit every day. <laughs> so William Old was very dejected that he wouldn't be let in. So one day he asked Keith, he said, hey, what's, what's the appeal of this cult? What am I missing out on? And Keith said verbatim, it's like a drug. 
You get high, and once you're over it, you've got to inject even more than the first time. And William Alt was just like, sold. So in his last-ditch effort to be admitted into the cult, William turned to blackmail to let his culty carny co-workers know he meant business. Well done. So William, having eavesdropped on his co-workers' conversations, knew about a confirmed murder of an 18-year-old boy the cult had committed the year previous. Oh, damn. So they actually killed people. Just the one. Just oh, the one at that point. Guy. Okay. Um, and they didn't really explain... It didn't go further into why, what their motives were. It might have just been an accident, but... William knew about it, and he had enough evidence to essentially put them all away for good. So he threatened to go to the cops with the information if he wasn't let into Satan's disciples immediately. So, scared of William's threat of blackmail and tired of his constant pestering asking to join the group, Goodwin and the rest of the members told William that they would let him in, but he would need to be quote-unquote initiated into the cult first. So... For Bill's initiation into the group, the five men drove together to a remote, secluded area in the woods and instructed William to lay down on a jerry-rigged altar, which looked like a pentagram Ah. made out of stones and twigs, kind of just tied together with some rope. And William saw that, and he, he just, no questions asked, was just like, okay, I'm in. And he did it by his own free will. So, once Will voluntarily got on to the altar, the men tied him and gagged him, and in ritualistic Pinky. ceremony, in ritualistic ceremony, carved... The Fist of Judgment! <laughs> <laughs> so, in ritualistic ceremony, they carved inverted crosses into his bare skin and tortured him until they eventually murdered him. Oh, that's terrible. The sad Sorry, part Bill. is... Until the very end, the four men convinced the victim that the ritual and the torture were all just part of the induction into the cult. So all until the very end, William believed that this was all just a rise, and at the end of it, they would all be pals. All the way up until Goodwin leaned close to William and asked if he was ready to die, and then promptly slit his throat. Wow. That is... That's intense. Pretty sad. Yeah, that's really sad. I feel I feel really bad for, for Bill there. All he he just wanted some friends. He just he just wanted to be a part of it. And see the Satan's disciples kinda of pulled a goof. See, they didn't account for the fact that that day was, was kinda of stormy, kinda of rainy, a little wet, a little moist. So they tried to dispose of the body moist. by burning it. So they started by cutting off the hands and the head of the victim and then trying to light it. But it wouldn't because the body was soaking wet. So instead, the men just settled on throwing him into the closest field without hands or a head. Of course, two days later, Mark Goodwin's father himself would end up finding William's body days later and turning his son over to the police, along with the three other members of the cult. That would be... Dad, you don't understand. You don't get it. It's just not... It's not a phase. It's not a phase, Dad. So each member of Satan's disciples will be found guilty for their crimes against William Holt, as well as other charges built up over the years in the group. And each member would be sentenced to between 8 and 60 years in prison. Wow. So, moral of the story, if you're denied entry into a cult, it probably isn't a cult worth joining. Have some pride. Worship Satan on your own time. Hmm. The only carny I've ever met... I, um, You've met a carny? I have met a carny. It was it was at the St. Augustine Fair. I went to the fair one day. 
this carney went up to me and he, and, and he was like hey do you want to play this game and win some prizes and i was like no and he goes if you don't do it, I'm going to swallow this goldfish. I said, I don't want to play your game. <laughs> if you sw- don't fucking do this, I'm going to swallow this goldfish. You're going to kill this goldfish. He did it. He, he swallowed, swallowed the it? fish. And, and just whole. Just dropped it into his mouth it's and it disappeared fun. down his gullet. <laughs> what if he was... Well, what I guess, a I guess fucking it's just G. A, I guess it's just a goldfish. Is he a man of his word? He did he what is. he said he was going to do. He did. He did. Hey, kid, I'm going to fucking eat this goldfish. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like well, shit. Now I, now he I was excited to. to. No, I don't want to. Jesus. So my cult is called the John From Cult. Okay. So the John From Cult is native to Vanatau, and it's a South Pacific island. And uh, the people living on the island are called the Tannanese. And the Tannanese people were under English rule for a while. Okay. Imperial rule. Oh, okay. So they didn't really like white people. They uh, had yeah. they had a they who, had, who had a, they had a distaste for white people at a, at a at a very early stage. Don't yes. we all? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> during World War Two, during the island hopping campaign that the Americans had, yes, the Tannanese people saw that Americans were bringing a lot more like supplies and cool shit than the English did. Oh, you know to what I'm the saying island? to the island, yeah, ah, because okay. they were because during World War II, I the I am technology assuming, had advanced. Though. Well, the technology had advanced, and I don't really think the English even gave a fuck oh, about it gave, anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. So they yeah. weren't really there, and they had also the Tannanese had also sworn off Western culture before the Americans got there because they hated the English so much oh. that they were like, "This everything about you guys sucks." Yeah, don't come here again. They were sure. like, "We don't want your money. We don't want your religion. We don't want even we don't even want to hear what the fuck you say." They were like, "We don't care." Strong independent South Pacific. Okay, so but then John but then from- so it's essentially the the Tennessee people hated western culture. And then they saw how much cool shit the Americans had. Okay. And they were like, "Ooh, that's not that's not half bad. <laughs> that's, that's, nice. <laughs> that's nice." They're like, that's "I might need to get some of that." So, uh, essentially, who John From is? People have speculated that the name John From comes from like an American right. saying their name to like one of the tribe members. Oh, and like being I'm like, John From America. Being like, "I'm John From uh, blah 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 blah," and then they were like. John, John from. Hey, that's John from. That's we John. Don't know fucking and John from was like, "That's not my name," but I guess that's uh, fine. I like to think that John from embraced it. <laughs> <laughs> my little Tannanese subjects. He, he he teaches them all to chant USA. What's What's funny is how quick they were like, "Yeah, you're God. <laughs> you are God." <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what What I think is really cool about like the whole. John from cult thing is this essentially what would happen if you went back like to prehistoric times and you just put like one of us there or like put like or even, were they even... that underdeveloped? Well, they swore off Western culture. Well, they they swore. Yeah, Western... but I mean, they're still they're still in the they're in like I guess that's like the Australian New Zealand area. Nothing happened there for yeah. So so like not much not much goes on. But yeah. when they latched onto something that they thought was really cool, they were like, "You are our Jesus Christ." So, what did they give them? They just gave them like good food, 
supplies probably taught them better ways to do things. Probably than clothing. Yeah. Probably clothing. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Clothing might be. Maybe get, they get, were get, styling. Get some, get maybe some, they got that Gucci. Get something from the Gap. That Fenty. That <laughs> Basically, the how how the cult works is essentially they think that John from one day will come will come back and bring good fortune to them so like, again. Like Jesus. Like Jesus. Like like the second coming. Like, that's so that's like, that's literally, literally Chief Isaac Juan Nikiao who who was the chief of the tribe in two thousand seven. Literally he told the BBC John Frum is our God, our Jesus. That is so an exact quote. If they like this American man so much, why don't they just come to why don't they marry America? Him? Oh, oh, right. Okay, so that reminds me. So so they were so it's it's so strange because they were so against Western culture, but then they liked John Frum so much they were like, We love everything about Western culture now. <laughs> they made the the TA USA Army which literally means the Tannanese Army USA or some like dumb shit <laughs> they, like that. They could that be like their no own sense. little battalion. We Listen, just disperse yeah. them out as private Tannanese warriors. It's I've it's it, the way that it's described, it literally sounds like kids pretending to like like playing army, Aww. like marching. They like they like have like a bunch of like sticks and shit <laughs> and they like march through the island and they're like they're just pretending to be like the U- the the United States Army. Listen, if World War Three ever really gets popping, we're make we're swinging by Vanatown and we're, <laughs> we're grabbing our Tannamese hey, boys. We need all the allies we can get. Every year they think that John Frum will return on February fifteenth, and he never does. Why February fifteenth? Don't know. What if one of us went to Vanatown and said we were John Frum? Hello, I am John Frum. I, th- I oh, feel like somebody's tried that before. Any though. one of us could be the god of Somebody could have easily tried that. Do you think there's like a questionnaire that you have to answer? <laughs> Are you John from check yes or no? So, uh, my cult took place in Burgles, Burgholes, Ohio. Bungholes! Burgles! <laughs> Bungholes! Um, and Burgholes is about 100 miles southeast of Cleveland. So, if that gives you a reference of where... I'll be honest, I don't know where Cleveland is. I don't know where Cleveland is either. I just put that in there for the people that do know it's where Cleveland is. It's not important to know where Cleveland is. It isn't, because you know why? Because Ohio's the worst state. That's why. I'll say this time What's and time What's the again. worst city in Ohio? Cleveland. I would imagine. Or Burkholz. Or Burkholz. You'll come to learn. Anyways, so in 1995, uh, an Amish man by the name of Sam Mullet left his settlement feeling that it was too lax. He didn't like the rules, and he wanted more conservative rules. He wanted a stricter Amish society than the current one that he lived in. So, like, the ultra-Amish. Yeah, so he's, like, he's like insane Amish-like. Amish intensifies. <laughs> yes. Um, um, so he moves away, and he starts a new settlement, and he takes, like, nine families, which is, like... I think it said there were like 30 Amish families in like different settlements in Bergholz. So he takes like a good po- a good portion of these families. And um, he is ordained bishop. And so he becomes the bishop of this settlement. It's a little sus. Well, I mean, he's the leader of the settlement. The bishops are the leaders of the Amish settlements. Yeah, his and community, they like his rules. His community. So, uh, so in 2006, uh, Mullet got into an altercation with... Um, 
a man who was the deacon of the community at the time, and he excommunicated the deacon from the community. And when you okay, get that's sus. Yes, yeah. that is sus. And when you get excommunicated from an Amish society, you are they practice what's called uh, strict shunning. So when you get excommunicated from one, you are shunned from every other Amish community. You're not allowed into any of them. You're just shame. Like, you're just like gone from the Amish. You're just bye bye. Erased. Yeah, and so so when the deacon was excommunicated, the all the families except for like one or two left with the deacon because they were like, "That's wrong. You shouldn't have done that." And so he was mad that all his that his entire uh, his entire fucking community left him, and so he excommunicated all of the people that left as well, and this caused like a huge rift. Because now, like, the majority of the population of, of the Amish population in Burgholz is excommunicated. It can't join any of the other settlements. And so they had to have, like, all of the ministers, all of the Amish ministers from around Ohio. And I think it said, like, Pennsylvania, too. Not really sure why Pennsylvania was involved. because Pennsylvania is the Amish capital. Is it? Well, then that's why it was all. I actually that's... don't know. I'm just assuming. See, I I, feel like, I, I feel was like... not sure about that fact, but I believed you when you said it. I did believe you, too. You know what? Pennsylvania is the Amish capital. You know what? We're stating that. Kind of right like now. how, uh, uh, what the fuck was that place that the groundhog is in? Oh! Oh, uh, the uh, groundhog is from... Uh, what no, the I fuck? Can't... Where the fuck was it? I can't remember. It had the best name. Yeah, I can't remember. Puxatani. Puxatani. Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. How, how Puxatawney is the uh, weather capital of the world. Yes, they have... By nobody else's nobody fucking... Else. <laughs> <laughs> Puxatawney, Pennsylvania is the weather capital of the world. Just like Pennsylvania is also... Brent was right. You're shitting me. The Mormon capital is... Pens- you, you had to have heard The that. Mormon capital. Amish or, capital. I'm sorry, I get confused in my the, head. I, I just assume because I know that there's a lot of Amish, Amish towns in Pennsylvania. 60... Hear this. 63% of all Amish settlers throughout Canada and Central America are located in Pennsylvania. Literally, they all live in fucking Pennsylvania. I know my Amish back. So they, they, so, got, the, they got the big boys, the head honchos yes, from Pennsylvania. So that explains why they came down from Pennsylvania the executives. as well. So uh, 300 ministers from Pennsylvania and from Ohio got together and they formed a committee to decide on what they should do with all of these newly excommunicated people and families. These ministers decided that Mullet was wrong, that they were wrongfully excommunicated, and that they are going to be allowed to join all the family. They're going to be able to rejoin other communities. Happy, so, happy ending. Yeah, happy ending for the families and the deacon. But uh, for Mullet, this made him <laughs> really, really pissed. And so he decided that he was going to form a group, a cult, if you will. A cult within the Amish. A cult within the Amish. And so he organized a series of attacks against people that had left. And these attacks consisted of the men holding down the victims while one of them took an electric razor. Electric! Those fuckers. Illegal! Those fuckers. They used electric (laughs) razors. Not straight razors, electric razors. Which, if you think about it, kind of makes sense because those beers are probably like thick as hell. Like you got to get there and take forever. They give them a fresh cut. Like, they just do it with a straight razor. Anyways, they would, they, would, they would hold these people down and they would cut off their beards for the men and then they would cut off the women's hair. They would cut off their buns because those are like the sacred things. 
for the women. And you know, just, you know how people, <laughs> you know how people get put on like a watch list if you walk in and buy like a bunch of like shit that you used to cook in meth. <laughs> Imagine being the person who sells all the fucking electric shavers to the Amish people. Like, Hello, can we get eight electric shavers? <laughs> They're like, uh. Do you do that? <laughs> Isn't that like everything that you're not about? <laughs> They're like, this dude's about to do something. Wow. Um, anyways, so they attacked. It said that there were five organized attacks between September 6th of 2011 and November 9th of 2011. So they happened. So this went on for a minute. They weren't yeah. stopped on the first go around. Well, it happened for like a month. September to November. They, they did five attacks in like a month's time. And so... Productive. Yeah, I, I guess. Relatively productive. There were 12 people that said, that were affected by it's this. It's like one a week. That's like one 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 oh. attack a week. This is a busy month of burgling beards. The, the beard, beard burglars. <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. Anyways. Um, so, uh, the, the they were told on by... One of the victims was Sam Mullet's father, actually. He cut off his own father's beard, which is pretty fucked. It's really wow. sad. What I was reading that, and I was like, what a fucking dick. Imagine you have grown this beard out your whole life, and then your son comes in and just shaves it off your face one day. Because he's really Because mad. he's mad. Just because he's fucking mad. Oh, dad, give me your he's beard. He's like an angsty teen. Oh, dad. Anyway, so, uh, Mullet actually gets sentenced to 15 years in jail. Amish uh, jail? <laughs> no, normal jail. He gets sentenced to 15 years in jail because um, they are all tried. Everyone who uh, performed the attacks is tried in a hate crime, an act of hate crime. So, which Fair. it is because it's a religious thing for them, and cutting it off is this is the same thing as like disrespecting yeah, their culture. It's a hate. Well, crime. it's all. I mean, also if you think about, it, like, it's still assault, pinning yeah, someone and, and down and forcibly shit. Like that's that's assault. But, but 15 years for shaving someone's beard off. Really? Listen, man. Listen. Really? I shaved your beard off and I get 15 years in jail. That's pretty interesting that someone within the same culture would get, like, charged with a hate crime. Isn't that kind of interesting? Sure. Like, they, they, they are fully aware of... I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like trying an Amish well, person I mean, for well, committing a hate crime. But the thing is, is like he was an extremist. Well, I, mean, you, I feel like that's a gray area. What do you mean? I mean, we try. What if like like the the bomber, the the Unabomber? He was an American guy, right? Well, he's not. That's not like. Well, well okay. Well, think about like like think about extremists like in like Westboro Baptist Church yeah. coming coming for normal yeah. Christians. It's yeah. like it's like the same yeah, concept. Yeah, it's the same thing. White people. So, I mean, it is, it is a hate crime. What they did 15 is technically years for the hate beard, crime. though. Yes. That's so, he harsh. got the he got the highest sentence because he was the, the organizer of the attacks. Um, everyone else got, like, one to six years. Everyone that actually... He actually didn't cut anybody's beard off. So, he got the most time just because he organized it, and everyone else that actually did it got less time than he did, which is kind of weird, but... I guess it makes sense. Should have gotten 30 for not calling themselves the beard burglars. Yes, absolutely. I 100% Sam, agree. Sam Mullet's legacy they, is, is the I, All I'm burglar. saying is no news line called them the beard burglars. Nothing. That, that is, is a, a half-baked history original. That's a half-baked history original, and it is a completely missed completely, <laughs> completely missed headline. That, that is just ripe fruit, I mean, that's fresh cool. for the picking. <laughs> that's cool. It writes the beard itself. burglars. Yeah, you can't get better than that. So in 2015, a lot of the 
the people's sentences were reduced, though. So even though they were sent for one to seven years, it was actually like a lot of them only served like one or two years in jail or in, in prison. Um, That's not bad. So I guess the moral of the story is, no, just make sure to watch your fucking beard. Watch your beard, and maybe you know, let's just chill out. Let's just relax. No hate crimes. Drop the mic. Drop bung, the mic. Bunghole Cleveland. Bunghole. Bunghole. The beard Ohio. burglars from Bungholes, Ohio. Uh, well, on a much different note, uh, I will end with narco satanists. So. The narco-satanists were founded by a man named Adolfo de Jesus Constanza, or as he Adolfo was called. Adolfo Jesus. Yes. He has both Adolf and Jesus in his name. Take that as you will. Um, but he went by the Godfather, or what Wait. they called him in Spanish, El Padrino. El Padrino. El Padrino. Padrino. So he was born in Miami in 1962. His mother practiced Santeria. And Santeria is. I don't practice it. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no. Yeah, anyways. Gotta get that out of the way. (laughs) Good (laughs) good vibe, Sanch. So, Santeria is a religious cult in Cuba that formed during the Cuban slave trade. And it's a mix between Roman Catholicism and Yoruba traditions, which is where the animal sacrifice comes into play. Uh, So, Constanzo became apprenticed a local sorcerer, and began to practice a religion called Palo Mayombe, which also involves animal sacrifice. And he grew up practicing Santeria with his mother. Um, So he moved to Mexico in 1983 for a modeling job. But he ended up working as a fortune teller and somehow transitioned from being a fortune teller to a drug lord. I don't know how he did that, but that's a glow up. I don't know. Glow up. That's a glow up. Um, and so, to protect his um, drug deals, he would perform uh, rituals and sacrifices. And uh, one of his rituals... Actually, I'll go into the story now. There's a story of, that's uh, behind the, what, the ritual that got him caught. And it takes place in Mexico during spring break. There was a senior from Texas Tech, and his name was Mark Kilroy. And one night... After he was leaving a nightclub with his friends, he was stopped by who he thought were police officers for public intoxication. And they put him in the back of their car, and they're like, we're taking you to jail. And then he quickly realized that these were not police officers, and that he was probably going to die. Absolute nightmare. Yes. Kidnapped by the Padrino. Yes, he was kidnapped. And so he actually escapes their captivity. But then they just catch him again really quickly, and he didn't do fuck all after he escaped which his mistake because he then gets uh scalped and his brain gets boiled and they use this ritual to protect their uh their newest drug shipment which ends up being found out by the police anyways and when the police come to to shut down this drug ring they find uh what they call the kill shack which houses (laughs) Uh, a bunch of bodies and human parts. There's like bones, there's eyes, there's fingers, there's toes. Penises. Probably. I, I would imagine that maybe they had a spare penis laying around. Are there nipples? Maybe. I don't want any part in the, in the kill shack. 
boobies. Is that only because of the nipples? Is that what because is that what the be, because you from the be, kill because of its lack of nipples? The police and him get out into a shootout, and he realizes that hey, you know, probably not gonna get through this one. My rituals didn't work, and so he turns to his right hand man, and he says, "I want you to kill me and kill my wife, and then kill yourself. Maybe not in that order." I want you to kill me, kill my wife, kill my wife's boyfriend, and then kill yourself. Something like that. When the police find him, he is dead, and all of the followers that did not kill themselves go to jail for 30 to 60 years, and they're still there today, if they're not dead. So, so the right-hand man made the right call. I'd, 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 I'd take the bullet instead of 60 years. Would you? I would. I would. It would, de- it would depend on... I think that would definitely depend on how old I was at the time. If I was like 20... Five. Like, these guys are probably 25, 30. You get out in your mid-80s? You get, you get out in your... Well, you get, you get like... You get good time. Like, if you get time off. I don't know. You probably get out when you're, like, 60. You said time off, but I thought you were thinking about vacation time. <laughs> you, get vac- <laughs> you get vacation. You get vacation right, hours you get, in jail. Uh, what do they call it? They call it, uh... When you, when time, you time behave off for good. Time off for, for, for good behavior. Yeah. yeah. Probation. Yeah. So, I mean, you get out when you're, like, 60... Maybe if you had a, a your life is already so far gone. What, what are you what, gonna do when you get out? Yeah, what what family and friends do you have waiting for you? You know, after fucking forty years, and, and that, they and all know that you're fucking yeah. cutting bitches up. Yeah, they're not gonna hang out with your drugs. Anymore, and that's Mexican prison. You think that's gonna that's be true. a dandy time? That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, definitely biting you got the bullet the on that one. Crime lords and shit all in there. Like you, you are lucky to get out at eighty-five if you can survive till then. And you're the, you're the dude that's cutting people up too. They're like, hey, SA. <laughs> hey, SA. <laughs> hey, that new butthole. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you heard, keep an eye out for us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Music for future episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at HalfBakedBoys or on Instagram at HalfBakedHistory. If you think there's a party we missed, let us know. Shoot us an email at HalfBakedHistory at Outlook.com. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye.